Welcome back to another episode of Voice Activated, your Antlion Audio podcast. I'm your host, James, and today I'm joined by Jeff, or as you may know him, X-Tine from X-Tine TV. Hey, thanks so much for joining us today, Jeff. We're excited to talk to you a little bit about uh, the esports adventure you just got back from. So how you doing today? Yeah, uh, I'm doing fantastic, man. Just uh, got out outdoors a little bit. Walked around in the sunshine, and uh, now I'm glad to talk about esports and uh, take care of some esports business later and play some video games later. Living that good life. Awesome. That sounds like a heck of a day. <laughs> well, first yeah. I want to welcome you back into town, man. How, how was TI? TI was amazing. Um, you know, it, uh, it's always a pleasure to go to. I've been attending since TI3, and uh, always been cool to see just kind of the growth from year to year. This year, not too many, like, twists and turns in terms of what happened for attendees and what happened at Key Arena, but definitely was really cool, really well executed, and uh, just, oh, my God, uh, the hype. Um, I had to watch a couple days from home, but then I got up there in time for the uh, Friday and Saturday uh, of uh, full matches, all, all of those. Oh, man, that was a... Yeah, that whole that whole air time was crazy. Friday and Saturday was just absolutely nuts. The hype was insane. Yeah, and we were looking to leave on Thursday to get up uh, to Seattle, but that was also when Team Liquid was having their um, fourth place match, and uh, they were up against the other LGD team, and they had one game that went 110 minutes, I believe. I don't know. It was just crazy and very tense. It was it was the craziest turn too. It was just like one of those. As soon as someone made the slightest mistake, it was just boom. It was oh yeah. It was a crazy game to watch. Yeah, Team Liquid uh, uh, just been brutal. Um, really cool to see their uh, run through through the lower bracket. Although uh, certainly uh, I was fearful uh, for them because it did seem like the uh, pressure of having to play the very first match of uh, the, the international main event uh, might have uh, put some pressure on them and they might not have played their best Dota in that very first series. Yeah, but I think it kind of gave them an opportunity to be this awesome Cinderella story. I mean, they came in the favorites. Mm-hmm. They, they got knocked down. Everybody thought they were going to be forgotten. And then all of a sudden they just sweep through the tournament and, and showed that why they were the favorites coming in. It was, it was a really cool TI to watch. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, and, talk about Team Liquid, man. Why why are we talking about Team Liquid? What did you <laughs> Team Liquid? Yeah, I was going to say, it was also very special for me to watch um, because I uh, was able to take part in a very cool event um, thanks to some connections that I built um, through esports, you know, over the years. A um, gentleman that I've worked with before and has helped out with some Team Fortress stuff that I've done and just kind of been around in the Northwest, and his name is Kyle Consmo, and he um, now works for DreamHack, DreamHack North America. So he hit me back up in May and was like, oh, uh, happy belated birthday. How would you like to cook for some of the best video gamers in the world while they boot camp in Seattle? And uh, I would just replied like, hell yeah, dude. And um, so then we called and we chatted, and I kind of already knew what he was talking about because um, the situation was that uh, Dream League, the DreamHacks division of uh, Dota, they uh, have been running seasons and they do stuff all year long, but then with their finale this year, it was two weeks before the international at um, DreamHack Atlanta, 
And so they already had a couple problems with some teams that these teams that uh, dropped out of their qualifiers and were just like, oh no, we have too much going on. We don't even we don't even want to play in this tournament just because of the qualifiers themselves. And then there was other teams that were European that were like, well, we don't want to have to travel to Atlanta and then travel back to Europe and then travel to TI. You know, we want to just focus on preparing for TI. Um, and in the end, um, you know, uh, kind of in between when, you know, Kyle asked me that and we talked about, you know, initial details and then when the event, you know, kind of fully came together, um, you know, Kyle was saying, well, we might have four teams. You know, this is a service that we want to offer to the teams that compete at DreamHack Atlanta is we want to provide them with this boot camp so that if they come all the way to Atlanta that they can go and they can get settled in Seattle and we'll take care of them. They can get comfortable and then they can play TI. In the end of the of the four teams that qualified for DreamHack Atlanta, only two teams, um, Team Secret and Team Liquid, were actually qualified for the international. Um, and then it turned out that uh, Team Secret had actually made previous um, arrangements with uh, Nvidia, so they went down to San Jose and they boot camped down with Nvidia in San Jose, um, and uh, left me with uh, Team Liquid. That is awesome. That's kind of a cool turn of events. Like, I mean, either way, it was going to be pretty awesome. Either you're going to be cooking for a bunch of people or one team. Yeah. Just get that opportunity to cook with one group of guys. Yeah, it was it was great because, you know, there were some DreamHack staff members, and, um, you know, they, they helped me out. And I, I think that uh, cooking for four teams would have been crazy and, and definitely would have needed several assistants and, and much more gear and uh, <laughs> time in advance. But uh, just cooking for one team was really manageable. They, they really didn't have um, too many severe dietary restrictions or requests. It wasn't like I was cooking all over the board. Um, you know, there was just a few people really liked spicy stuff, and uh, Mind Control didn't really like spicy stuff. He was okay with, like, a little bit of spice. Uh, and then uh, it turned out that uh, Mind Control and uh, Matumba Man um, didn't like uh, cilantro, which is um, kind of just a genetic thing. Sometimes that cilantro tastes really disgusting to people. It tastes like soap. Um but uh, just cooking for the one team was was real easy, and uh, it was a, it was it was a hassle um, because we were uh, staying at these Airbnbs, and um, they were they were described as stocked. But uh, I think the Airbnb I, I personally was staying at with my friend for Ti was a little bit more stocked. You know, there just wasn't really much spices. There wasn't any like oils or vinegars. There wasn't any other, like, dry goods to use. There wasn't, uh, you know, stainless steel utensils. There was just these really bad plastic rubber utensils and no good pans to use and no good serving dishes or anything. So it was a little crazy the first day and a half, you know, just getting settled and getting everything rolling. But, um, you know, from the first meal, it was a, it was a pretty good success. So That's awesome. So yeah. probably for that first night in the team house, that had to have been something interesting, like, number one, meeting people. Yeah. <laughs> You know, for the last couple of years, watching play in this amazing tournament, you know, and then sleeping yeah. under the same roof there, you know. So what? Run me through. Yeah. What on be there? Well, the first, yeah, the first day was crazy. So you know, we um, were going to get into the Airbnbs at like uh, two o'clock, 
And um, my cousin and I had driven up from Olympia that morning, so I already had some product in my car that, that were some things I wanted to cook with and some things that I needed. I had a whole car full of stuff, and we're like, let's get up to Seattle and let's try to get in. And uh, we had his uh, stepkid with us as well, and his stepkid is getting into gaming now but doesn't have the strongest machine, so he's playing a lot of Roblox. And, um, you know, I've told him about, and he's played a little bit of Team Fortress and is in the Team Fortress. And I've told, told him about Dota, and he's like, yeah, in one ear, right out the other. And my cousin, I've recently converted my cousin into a Dota fan, but my cousin doesn't play it. He's just getting into watching it and following it. And my cousin's telling him, oh, Dota's cool. Dota's where the money's at. And that, that's like his dad, though, you know, so he's just ignoring my cousin. And so, you know, we wake him up and we drag him out of bed and he's kind of grumbling in the back of like, what can I even do to help, you know? So then we get up in the Seattle area and we're like running around all these, you know, uh, stores and then we get over to the houses finally and we're just like unloading stuff and um, then after we unload stuff, we were eyeing the Airbnb where the, the players were actually at. And figuring out just like, oh, my God, like, how are we going to set this up? How are we going to get these guys, you know, five machines in one room with, you know, two other machines nearby? Because uh, they also had their coach, Keen, and um, their uh, manager, um, Mo, Mo Rad. And um, you can see if you check on my Twitter in the moments section, I, I collaborate. I collated all my pictures and tweets from the event. So at the end, I took a picture uh, from where Coach Heen was sitting, looking down on um, five uh, DreamHack members, but they were sitting kind of where the players were. So the, the first day, we're just running around, we're scrambling, we're trying to get these chairs set up, we're trying to get these tables set up. You know, we had to unload all this stuff from um, uh, Lee, the, one of the guys from uh, DreamHack, from this truck that he rented. We had another, you know, rental truck show up that had all the computers. We're just hooking all these computers up, and then it's like, oh, players are showing up at, like, 5.30, and at, like, 4.30, you know, Milton from DreamHack is like, uh, Jeff, yeah, you can probably start cooking now, and, uh, you know, then I just switch into sweating in the kitchen, and um, I, the uh, very first day, I boiled off some corn, I made a um, cabbage coleslaw with uh, jalapenos and cilantro, and um, red peppers um, and, like, a lemon dressing. And uh, that, that was where I discovered that um, Mind Control didn't really like the jalapeno spice and uh, they also didn't really like that cilantro. They asked about the cilantro. And um, I just grilled up real quick um, some uh, flank uh, steak um, that I just kind of uh, cleaned up, um, you know, salt and pepper, and uh, seared it, and I uh, set off the fire alarm. In the uh, house as well, because uh, you know, you know how it goes, man. You gotta have that pan hot. Yeah. Drop that steak in there. Give it a good sear, and mm, it's a little smoke, a little smoke coming out. But a little smoke's a good thing. Hey, yeah. you got all of that out of the way on on the first day. You found out about the the jalapenos and the cilantro. Yeah, and yeah, the smoke and and not cooking in the player house. So yeah, is that what you started doing? Did you start cooking it at your guys' place and moving it over? Yeah, exactly. We had two Airbnbs and also, unfortunately, discovered that the, the power situation was kind of tight, so I couldn't run the uh, dishwasher at the player's house, um, so I ended up hand-washing their dishes, um, and uh, we had a dishwasher at the other place, which is where I made most of my dishes anyways. 
So, yeah. First first night was real hectic, but, um, you know, my cousin and his kid hung around and helped us out. And uh, before they left, though, uh, he got to say a few words with uh, Miracle. And um, him and my cousin were also, like, the first ones that spotted Team Liquid when they got out of their van. And, um, you know, all the guys just right away from the, the first meal were super appreciative. And uh, my my cousin's kid was like, oh, my God, that was the best day of my life. And I was, like, so excited about Dota and meeting Miracle after that. It's really cool. That is awesome. I mean, I'd be pretty excited about meeting Miracle, too. Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> so, um, so did you have any themes to any of your meals or anything like that? Yeah, I, I tried to, you know, and I um, overall I wish I, you know, had a little bit more information about the players, like dietary information beforehand and, just was able to to kind of figure it out a little bit more. Um, the the heaviest, uh, well, yeah, just talk about it a little bit more, you know. And then I was like thinking about doing, you know, certain things that were based off of items in Dota, and certain things even trying to be like, oh, I wonder if I should do like, you know, meals to celebrate the team's victory at certain events, you know, or certain drafts, or all these crazy ideas. And um, definitely had a lot of ideas, and uh, really probably the only dish that actually had a real punny name that I executed was uh, Too Cheesy for Arteezy Mac and Cheesy. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, yeah. And um, that that was definitely a hit. Um, but, you know, beyond that, um, Milton from uh, DreamHack, uh, you know, suggested that I do uh, a Middle Eastern night, um, you know, just kind of inspired from the different cuisines there with just, you know, Jordanian players and Lebanese players, and uh, Morad is um, from Egypt, uh, or at least has Egyptian heritage, so um, made some uh, hummus and uh, baba ganoush and uh, chicken shawarma kebab skewers, and uh, definitely went over well. Um, Milton manned the grill on that one and uh, killed it. The, the chicken was just grilled perfectly. Um, I'd never make baba ganoush before. We grilled some habaneros for this salsa that I made at the same time. So the baba ganoush turned out kind of spicy, but also was like hella delicious. And um, the manager, Morad, yeah, gave me some compliments on my hummus and asked me who who had taught me how to make it. Make it and I could honestly answer a Peruvian. Oh, you're like funny. authentic, I promise. Just yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he made it a lot. He made it a lot. So, yeah, and it was cool. I mean, like, uh, to give you, you know, so I, I just kind of settled into, like, a daily rhythm. I definitely had, you know, most of my meals planned out ahead of time of what kind of the schedule was going to be. I also wasn't quite sure whether I was going to be cooking for them for, like, 10 days or what. But in the end, they ended up um, being turned over to, to Valve on, like, Sunday afternoon. And I, I cooked them uh, lunch for Sunday afternoon. Um but ended up being like seven full days of cooking instead of ten days. And uh, day-to-day, you know, it was a lot of fun. It was just and a lot of work. Um, I, I would wake up myself. I'd wake up pretty early, around like 7.30. I'd eat some food. I'd get, you know, some projects rolling. I, I'd take some stuff over to the player's house, see if anybody was awake. And uh, generally not, although the, the funniest story from the morning was one time I went in there, at like 8, 8.30 or whatever, and uh, Mind Control was uh, passed out on the couch and um, wearing his Team Liquid jersey, and uh, so then I like was really quiet, and then I left, and then I came back, and um, then Mind Control was still asleep, and so then I left, and I came back, and then Mind Control was up, and he is usually the first one up anyways, and so um, 
he said that he had woken up at four in the morning and then played a pup game and then crashed on the couch. And uh, somebody else was up at that time too. And uh, I think like Miracle and Miracle woke him up, woke him up, and then you know asked him, it's like, did you win it? And he's like, nah, <laughs> classic. And uh, he he said he played well, but you know you can't four in the morning go to games. That might not be the best. Yeah, it's hard um, for you. And uh, yeah, he he ended up going back to sleep. And then I think later that day, like asked me or in conversation, maybe it was a few days later, came up. He's like, did, did I fall asleep on the couch the other day? <laughs> you didn't even know, huh? That's yeah. So, you know, like I'd get up, my control would be like the first one up. I, I'd make my control some eggs. If he was up again by the time that I got over there, you know, he might be in a game, and I just kind of keep an eye on his game. And as soon as the game finishes up, she's like, "You want some breakfast, dude?" Um, my team went, man, I would roll in and just, you know, you want some breakfast, dude? And started figuring it out. You know, a couple times I made pancakes or French toast. Um, but other times I was just basically making, you know, sauteing eggs um, for the guys, you know, or scrambles or um, omelets. Um, and each of the guys, you know, kind of wanted something a little bit different. So, um, you know, try to keep it, you know, somewhat varied, you know, it's kind of special things happening. Um, and, uh, you know, hooking them up as they as they woke up. And, I mean, they just, uh, they just love Dota and were grinding Dota. So, they would get a couple games in, and then they would be set to scrim at, like, 11 o'clock. And, you know, a couple mornings, you know, um, Kuro or somebody would be kind of late rising, and I'd have food ready for them just kind of right right before the scrim. Um, and then they'd just kind of gobble it down and then get right to scrimming. Uh, they, they were playing basically, you know, kind of like mimicking the group stage, um, playing two series against a, a team and then playing two series against another team and um, aiming for, like, three series a day. Uh, and uh, then I just, you know, depending on when their first series started, I'd try to sneak in lunch in between the, the two series. And then, um, you know, after they were done scrimming, come back with uh, dinner. But a lot of times I'd be kind of keeping an eye on their scrim and then, you know, kind of run back over to the other house and, and work on another dish or whatever, finish things up. And then I'd come back over and their scrim would be done, but then they'd be, you know, playing pubs already. Um, so I just gotta wait for wait for that to finish up, and then be like, "Oh, you guys want some food?" And uh, then they'd take a break and have some dinner, and then get back to the pubbing, pretty much. Need sustenance. Step away from the keyboard, boys. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. But like I said, they're super cool guys, and um, just even after you know the first day, they were super appreciative and just kind of really kept giving me a lot of compliments and um, you know um, sharing conversation with them and. Got to chat about uh, uh, Dota a, a little bit. Didn't want to pick their brains too much, you know, or be any sort of hindrance on their preparation. Right. So being that you were in the house that ended up being yeah. the championship team, what was, like, the overall vibe going into all this? Like, how were they just uber serious, or was there was there some fun going around? Like, what what was that house like environment-wise? Yeah, it was really cool. I mean, they were they were definitely really focused, but they were having a lot of fun for sure. Um, you know, watching each other play games, you know, um, and they get matched up against each other every once in a while and kind of needling each other that, you know, they're going to steal each other's MMR or whatever, or that, you know, the other person only won because, you know, Heen was on their team or whatever. Um, and, uh, you know, doing stuff like they get matched up against each other in ranked pubs, you know, and these ranked pubs at that time are like crazy high MMR because everybody is on the West Coast trying to get scrims in and, and pubs in. You know, everybody is, like, pubbing 
all the pro players. So um, they were having games though where you know Heen was on um, McCoddle and uh, Matu is on Bloodseeker and Matu's just making like stupid plays to be in stupid places just to pick off Heen. <laughs> you know, just to just to be a little rude with his teammate. Um, you know, and then like uh, Kuro is uh, being pretty funny. You know, um, he was teasing one time. Uh, they were watching the um, classic um, uh, classic matches that were kind of being replayed in the, the lead-up to the international. And, um, you know, all the guys were kind of doing that, you know, just kind of as those replays were going on and, and tuning in in the morning and stuff. And it, it just happened to be the uh, second game of the series last year where Miracle was playing against uh, TNC for OG, and uh, they got Huskard, and they are up, you know, 3-7, 3-11, you know, 3-15, and then it all of a sudden just turned, and they just lost to this Huskar. And so, like, game's going on, and Kuro's watching, and Miracle's standing right behind him, and it's, like, 3-7, and he's like, oh, man, this is so, this is going so well for OG right now. <laughs> you know, Miracle, I was just like, yeah, whatever, man. I was dunking on that Huskar, you know, and it gets, like, 3-11, and they're like, ah, they got this in the bag, and it's like... 315 across like man does anybody want to bet on this game <laughs> yeah so you know good lighthearted fun but also like i mean you know they lost some scrims they didn't win all the scrims um they're definitely trying strategies out there talking about you know what they felt really confident about and they were super focused you know um i think myself and the dreamhack staff uh you know we did a, a great job of just trying to provide for them and really let them relax and focus on what they have to do. You know, let Mo focus on managing the team and not focused on washing dishes um, or just, you know, making arrangements for, for the equipment for the boot camp or any of that stuff. And, um, you know, he did a fantastic job uh, coaching them. They were just super, super, you know, laser focused on it and, it was really, really cool to see, you know, and um, be a part of. And so it, after the boot camp, um, before the international started, you know, they, they thanked us uh, profusely and, and said that it was, you know, the best boot camp they've ever had. Um, and, uh, you know, watching the gameplay that they were exhibiting um, during the boot camp, you know, and just talking to them and how much they'd been playing, you know, they were just extremely extremely focused and, and ready. Um, and I think that that's something that other teams were uh, obviously uh, lacking, you know. And you could hear it in some of the interviews afterwards with some of the teams or just how quickly these teams are um, devolving, you know, when really the importance of um, team chemistry and uh, your physical um, physical prowess, I guess. Uh, physical prowess, but also I was, I was trying to think of a phrase for, like, adversity, you know, just how well you can stand up to being in a city situation in Dota and um, not let it get you down, not let it change your focus and not let it change your game plan. Um, I really feel like there was only a few games that, like, really, I mean, obviously they didn't lose that often, you know, but... It was really only kind of one or two games that just kind of got away from them that they weren't able to get their early game momentum and they weren't able to recover kind of after that situation. But 
there was a lot a lot of games where they were facing ad- adversity and, and they rallied back and you know they stood up and they made big plays and they stuck to their strategy they stuck to their guns and they won um i think it must have been really difficult uh for them to uh play that very very first game on the main stage um at the international and that might have contributed to their first loss um but then you know you alluded to it as well i think they just had this amazing path set for them in in the lower bracket and with their mental strength and with uh, Kuroki's drafting and with the opposition in the order of the op- that they faced the opposition, um, just really enabled all these pieces to, to be put in place. And I think that they just had a, a huge lead going into group stage. You know, like when you just compare, you know, that, let's just say infamous, you know, who didn't necessarily do very well, um, and I think obviously other metrics you could say they did fantastic because they made it that far and just I mean everything they did accomplish was fantastic but um, they did not perform very well in the international uh, finish wise and on the Saturday we turned these guys over to Valve on the Sunday and I think they were trying to scrim Infamous on Saturday morning and Infamous was like no sorry we have to start traveling and infamous, maybe a little bit less time zone jumping, but at the same time, like to to travel from uh, South America to Seattle, and then uh, a day after that do media day, and then a day after that to start playing group stage. That's crazy, you know. To fly from Malaysia and then the day after that do media day, and then to to do games uh, in group stage after that. I think that's crazy. Um, so I think just, you know, I think we did a great job giving them an awesome boot camp. I think that just being in Seattle a week ahead of time um, it just gave them this, this advantage where they just walked into the Valve Hotel with way more rest, um, way more, you know, awareness, way more confidence than a team that, you know, might have just gotten off the plane might have had problems with their baggage and just be arriving and just be like, oh, man, I don't even know if I have my keyboard. i got to get my keyboard tomorrow, and I have to do interviews. You know, and I think just the mental stress, um, you know, and as I said, I think just having that, I think they literally came into to the international with, with a lead. That's, yeah, I mean, I 100% agree. They, they, I mean, just through their drafting, their laning phases, they were outclassed. Yeah. Every, every match they won, like there was very few close calls. Like they were, they were very definitive, and mm-hmm. you could tell just like from the moment they walked into that booth until they were dancing their way off the stage. Like until that point where they won the game, they just there was they were just there. Like they were they were laser focused. Yeah. Uh, and there was a lot of things yeah. from a lot of the teams. A lot of those other teams yeah. scattered. They were kind of everywhere. So. Yeah, I think like you know Team Secret. Um, I think it shows a lot in their post. Uh, game interview with a machine where, you know, Puppy was saying that things went well, but then he kept making these concessions about, you know, well, we were kind of tired and, um, you know, we we argued a little bit during a boot camp, but we mostly smoothed it over. Um, and then also I think, you know, just the fact that, you know, they also made a, a change in their roster, you know, really quickly afterwards and the, and the reported method of how those roster changes were handled down 
it obviously shows that, you know, maybe the um, team cohesion wasn't there. Um, and I think another thing as well is that, you know, Liquid really, um, as I alluded to, had, a, had a played in a lot of tournaments recently. They had a chance to practice their Dota uh, and feel confident in their Dota. And I think they, I think they mostly played their Dota. Um, since I'd seen a lot of their games, a lot of their scrims, I mean, I sort of felt that a few of those drafts that they lost early in the group stage were maybe drafts where, you know, Kuroki just didn't want to pick a mid that he knew was going to get him a guaranteed win because he knew that that was just kind of maybe make them as a team a little too obvious. Um, and that they were games that they didn't necessarily need to win. So I think the two in particular that stood out to me was when he drafted um, Silencer mid for Miracle, and I think that was against um, LGD in the in the group stage. And then I believe he also drafted Monkey King mid um, for Miracle, and I think that came out of, again, it's Evil Geniuses or something. But, like, neither of those games were really must-win games. Um but we're kind of trying out these other ideas, um, these other heroes, and not necessarily relying on exactly what they had um, yeah. and what their game plan was, you know. But then they, they did switch back into that as the tournament went, went on. They got pushed in a lower bracket, and then they focused very much more on, okay, well, it's, you know, we've got to get that GH pressure, you know, we'll get that coddle ags. Um, you know, they sort of revealed how cheesy that was, Um and, you know, utilizing that as kind of a third pick, the you know, Nature's Prophet, the Broodmother, um, Matsuma Man just played a little bit of Lycan, but the Necrophos, and um, they used a lot of this, like, kind of push strategy uh, that was really interesting, but it was it was definitely their style, and other people weren't necessarily doing that, or just really focusing on the rat, focusing on this power spike where all of a sudden they get these items, they could just charge down a lane, they could force buybacks, and they could just do a lot of damage real quick. Um, so sometimes they just kind of had to hold on until they were able to do that, and sometimes they were able to just do that and put a lot of early pressure. And I think you look at a team like Evil Geniuses, and it's kind of harder to pinpoint what exactly their strategy was or how they were going to win games um, besides just being cheeky about their draft and trying to hide what their strategy was. Um, and, and definitely with Evil Geniuses, I think a lot of people consider them to have been hurt by basically yeah, overthinking themselves. Yeah, yeah absolutely. They, they outdrafted themselves many times. Mm-hmm. So, Well, Jeff, I want to give you an opportunity to let everyone know where they can follow you on Twitter, they can catch all of your awesome videos you do for um, uh, Team Fortress and stuff like that. So where can people find you? Where's your, where are your channels? Where do you post your content? Yeah, at XTelevision, EXTelevision is my Twitter post cat pics and, of course, updates about all my esports happenings. Um, my YouTube channel is um, uh, comft, C-O-M-M-F-T. Um, you can just search uh, Xtine, E-X-T-I-N-E, and uh, most of my stuff will come up. Um, one of my main series that I do the voiceover for is now on another channel, but that's the top 10 TF2 plays of the month, which is a lot of fun. Um, got a lot of that stuff going on. And um, also, if you're in the Pacific Northwest, um, check out the Portland Burnsiders, which is an esports team I run. We have a, a Team Fortress squad, a, a Dota 2 squad, and uh, looking to fire up some more squads in whatever game. So um, hit me up, you know, on Twitter or uh, however. There's some other options on uh, hit me up. You can find all the info on my Twitter. Um, also, if you, you need an esports chef or a team manager, holla at your boy. 
Fire food and gives great Dota advice. <laughs> yeah, for sure. You know, I mean, I, I, like I said, I, just, I think it was so important to these guys to just really have their head straight. Really inspiring to me um, as a as a Dota player, as an esports um, person, advocate. Um, the whole thing was an amazing experience, and just super super proud of what those guys accomplished uh, through their hard work and practice and dedication. That's so awesome, man. And I want to thank you so much for stopping by and talking to us. Definitely. Awesome. My pleasure. And that's all the time we have today for this episode of Voice Activated. I want to thank everyone for tuning in. And Jeff, thank you so much again for being here. Make sure you guys stop by his Twitter stream and check out his moments. He's got some awesome photos of his time with cooking at Team Liquid at TI7 this year. Um, until next time, guys, we'll catch you next episode.